Welcome to the North Seattle College Parent Education Podcast, and thank you for being here because this podcast is designed just for you. We know that parenting takes a village, and we're here to help. Tune in while you're working, driving, even cooking, and we'll provide you with valuable information each episode to support you as a parent. North Seattle Cooperative Preschools are held at 12 different locations for ages infant to five years, plus a kindergarten class, online classes, and other community sites. And remember, we're always enrolling. Thanks for tuning in today. And now, here's your host, Tanya Hino. Welcome to Parenting Takes a Village. Today, we have Erin Bernal. She is a licensed clinical social worker with more than 16 years of experience working with children and families. She works as a psychotherapist at Norwest Family Therapy. She's also a parent coach. She is a parent educator through North Seattle College Cooperative Preschools. In her recent years, she worked as a parent educator at Seattle Central College with Parent Child Center and a facilitator for listening mothers groups. Today, Erin's going to talk to us about mindful parenting. What an exciting topic, and it's perfect for this pandemic. Welcome, Erin. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. I work as a parent educator through North Seattle College, and I did the program through Central, through Seattle Central College with, with my kids when they were little. And my kids are not so little anymore. They are 11 and almost 14. So oh, it. <laughs> it goes fast. It does. It does. That's what I try to remind my students. It's like, it's that intensity of uh, new parenting changes so quickly. Exactly. In Mexico, they say, little children, little worries, <laughs> big children, big worries. And I, I didn't understand when relatives or family members or neighbors will say that. And now that I have 16, 14 and 13, I get it me now. Too, me too. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I think the physicality of new parenting is very different, right? You're using your body and you're kind of, you know, feeding them and lifting them. And then, yeah, the, the emotional complexity. It's intense. It's intense being a parent. Being a co-op parent made a difference in your life. Most significantly for me, it led me to my my life's work and my career, uh, which I feel really grateful for. Um, I love the work that I do um, through the co-ops and just getting to be with parents and helping to support them and helping them to create their own community. But I'm also still in touch with some of the families that I met um, during the time my kids were doing co-op preschool. And um, again, you know, vulnerability and intensity of new parenting, I think, does really help us to make those close connections. Yeah. And, and this is why uh, mindful parenting is so important moment and every stage of your children's life. Tell us a little bit more about mindful parenting and especially if I want to become a mindful parent, what will be my baby steps? Because sometimes changing your mindset is tricky and you go back to the inertia of how you were modeled to be a parent. What does it mean to be a mindful parent? Right. And a big thing I try to do with the parents I work with is to sort of demystify it because I think some folks hear mindfulness and they think that means they have to embark on a complex meditation process or ritual and it doesn't need to be that. For some people, it definitely can be. But for others, I feel like the most important basic step is a slowing down enough to notice. And for me, that's what mindfulness is, is just a noticing what's going on for you. So noticing breath, noticing, you know, your reactions to things and not even trying to change anything, but just starting with that, that 
space of noticing and of being present in the moment. That is so important because as you know, right now with the system, uh, COVID-19 has slowed us down a little bit to be more mindful <laughs> in dealing with stress and anxiety. We are in a society of rat race of constantly want to keep our children busy and not allowing them to be bored. And it's so important us as well as them to have some boredom in their life because that's when the creativity mind happens. Tell us a little bit of how we can use mindful parenting in dealing with boredom and the mundane things of, again, uh, reading a book for the 40th time or, or, or picking up the same uh, shoes again and again and telling them to brush their teeth 30 times before they actually do it. How, how do we keep mindful in those in, in time of boredom and repeating the same thing over and over again? Right. I think sometimes it helps just to see it as a practice or to take that step back right from the moment and recognize. I mean, it's so much of this, the work of parenting little kids is, it is repetitive, right? It is, 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 is boring in some ways. Um, and so taking that step back and recognizing the importance of the work you're doing, right? That, that this, it is significant work, even though it may not be intellectual or earning lots of money or whatever, that this is really important informative work that um, the really cool thing about the time we're living in is we know now that, you know, science has shown us that these first years of life for our little kids are so formative Mm -hmm. and, you know, really form the template for the rest of their lives in a lot of ways. Um, And so I think giving the work that we do as parents, um, that significance and meaning, I think is really important. Um, And then you're talking about in the moment, I find breath to be really helpful. Um, And so, For instance, I don't have um, classic meditation practice. What I try to do is take breathing breaks um, throughout the day um, as just a general practice throughout the day. And again, what's really cool is research has shown us different breathing techniques can produce different uh, responses in our physical bodies. And so these are really powerful tools. So I try to do that just sort of throughout the day. And then also in those moments, right, which all parents relate to when I feel especially stressed or triggered or, you know, intense emotion coming on. So using it at those moments too of taking a pause, taking a break. Yes. And I always say breathing is a tool that's free. And it's always with us. Focus on your breathing, those stressful situations, the child's having a tantrum and doing for the third time something that you ask them not to do and they're doing it. And I know it changes because when we get angry, you feel the breath. What what would be your technique that you recommend parents to use so that they they can start practicing this breathing or kind of like yoga? Because if you don't have it as a practice, you forget to be like, I'm supposed to be focusing on the breathing right now. To be mindful. Maybe not taking all of this super seriously, but taking it on as something we're sort of trying on and investigating um, and doing it with a little bit of lightness of just what works for you. So um, one thing I often suggest to parents is, and maybe we're not doing as much as this anymore because we're not driving around as much anymore, but in a typical (laughs) day with young kids, um, that moment when you have put your child in their car seat and you close the back door and you have this moment, right, when you're walking around to get into your seat. And in that moment, your child is safe, (laughs) physically cared for, and you have an opportunity in that moment, right, to check in with where where are you at right now? And so that's what I think the breathing is helpful with is 
also just taking a, um, you know, just kind of a test of where am I? What's coming up for me? Because Mm -hmm. as you're saying, so often our lives are so busy and so filled with input that we don't have that moment to just think, what is going on with me? Like, Mm -hmm. oh, do I have a stomach ache? I didn't even realize I had that. Or um, I didn't realize this thing that I, an earlier conversation is sort of nagging at me. So it's taking that moment to to even just know what that um, low grade <laughs> yeah. uh, background noise is that we don't always get to see. Um, and in terms of breathing, I would again, I would just say practice different things, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes, yeah. um, you know, the most common thing we hear is to to breathe in through your nose and do that slowly, and then breathe out through your mouth yeah. slowly. You can also practice with pauses on both ends. So you know a, a a breath in and a pause and a breath out and a pause. Nice. So a lot of this is just going to be kind of figuring out for you what what feels good. And I, I really, again, I, I try to demystify it in that there's no right or wrong way to do any of this. Exactly. And find your own way. Any kind of parenting tools, any kind of, it is it is not about doing it the way I do it or the way Aaron does it. It's about what works for me. What is it that's going to work for you if you have a hard time breathing? So what works for me might not work for Aaron and might not work for somebody else but for sure and I think yeah getting it out of a judgment piece right I remember for years I would have in my to-do list like meditate like (laughs) cross it off do it uh and then I would you know it sort of would do the opposite of what it was supposed to do it would sort of stress me out and feel like oh this another thing I'm not getting done so what has been helpful for me is taking that load off and just saying for me right now in my life it's going to be this focus on breath um and you know that has been really helpful and for me that goes along with another part of mindfulness that i find really helpful which is mindful Mm -hmm. self-compassion and this is the work of kristin neff and i find it really powerful and again instead of um those times that we have self-judgment it's a way of sort of connecting so she she has just i just have to say it because i love it and i use please please she has these three um statements that you can say during times of challenge or stress so she says this is a moment of suffering all humans experience suffering and may i be kind to myself in this moment and so those three pieces are the the noticing right the mindfulness just naming it as a moment of suffering this is this is a hard moment um and then the second part is that all humans um experience suffering which is connection yes um, which is really powerful because i think often as parents too like when we disconnect from others that's when we can get in a shame yes and it's really isolating and just recognizing that every feeling we have is probably shared in some way of course <laughs> yeah. and emotions is like a, a rainbow it's part of us it's, it's important to feel i love those three statements because self-compassion what a wonderful thing to do for your own children to model that you have self-compassion to your own self and the importance of recognizing and not trying to get rid of a discomfort because that's one of the things that we have in this country as well, the perpetual perpetual need to be happy. And that's not mindfulness because sometimes we feel angry, 
Sometimes we feel anxious. Sometimes we feel fear. Sometimes we feel sad. And we don't know why. But honor those feelings. And that's mindfulness. And that is okay. And I love that, Erin, that you're saying, at this moment, somebody else feeling like it as well, right? Too, or, you know, losing it, just like I am. And it's okay. And I'm going to own it right now. That doesn't make you a bad parent. It's just what it is at this moment. I remember those very early uh, morning times of feeding my little babies <laughs> and thinking, God, nobody is up. It's, you know, three morning and I'm you know just feeling so alone and then you know but no like exactly. we are a part of a community of uh you know even when we can't feel it or um see folks in person or yeah. whatever um and and having that kindness towards ourselves because as you know so often parents come to us as parent educators and want to know how can I teach my kids to um you know know about emotions and yeah. uh, have compassion and it's like well you're really looking at us <laughs> so we better do our work because uh you know we can talk about it until we're blue in the face but if they're not seeing us you know put this stuff into operation which is messy right it doesn't mean we get it all right I mean all of this this is messy, imperfect work. Um, but if we are in the game and trying and, you know, in that relationship, I think that is is the heart of it. Children are very forgiving. It's a privilege to let your kids know that we are not perfect and that parenting doesn't have to look like an Instagram post. It, it is messy. It is messy. You cannot sustain happiness through the whole day. It's impossible. There are a one hour of happiness of like, oh my God, look at my kid. He went potty. And then two hours later, they pee on the couch. Ah, we had this already. You had this. And and had to stay mindful and loving the part of and accepting that part of that, well, something happened and wasn't he or she or they were not aware of their feelings at that moment. And it's okay, just like us. Yeah, I love this um, phrase, slivers of joy. So it's this idea of just finding these little moments, right? Because it's too much um, pressure and expectation to think, oh, I'm going to have a whole day that's going to be super duper awesome. Like that, that's, you know, not, not a realistic expectation. No. But if we can notice these moments and what we know about our brains is that we have this negativity bias, which is based in survival, right? Like that's, we want to notice dangers, um, but we also want to know that's there so we can sort of overcome it um, in terms of really noticing these positive moments um, throughout the day. So I love that you mentioned that. And that's another practice that I think um, that I try to do and that is mindful is before I go to bed at night, just sort of replaying those good moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and and what it's, what's cool is it just that amplifies those positive times. Exactly. And like you said, we have that negative bias mindset because that's, we naturally, we're people that want to survive, don't want to die. And we're going to die eventually. Five things are happening that are positive to one negative that we call a negative and it's not necessarily negative and we notice a negative one if we can just say today you put your dishes away thank you you put your dishes away all this week you didn't put your dishes away today you did it thank you that helped me so much and we just notice those negative things and that's part of mindfulness. Have you heard the concept blowing a balloon? Right, for in terms of breath. Teaching children how to breathe and just have that idea and, and model because you were mentioning how important it is when parents come to us, parent educators, and they ask, hey, give me the magic pill, how to fix my kid. <laughs> <laughs> just give me the map and then so I can fix my kid and everybody will be happy in the house. But it's nothing out there, right? It's just to fix us either. We have some good moments and bad moments. And how do we model? I mean, that's so important 
to model mindful mindful parenting is uh you know, blowing a balloon so that you can see that, that you're focusing on your breathing or blowing bubbles. Do you have any other techniques that you can model those things with your... Yeah, the other ways I've heard it talked about is to breathe in through your nose as if you're um, smelling something really, like, really delicious. Yes. Um, and there are even, you know, little experiential exercises you can do where you have different smells and try to have them guess what they are with their eyes closed, you know, um, <laughs> something like that. So that breathing in through the nose as if you're smelling something just delicious and then breathing out through your mouth as if you're um, extinguishing the candles yes. on your birthday cake. Yeah. And I think it is important, like, I, you know, to think about, you know, using your whole body to breathe. So often I feel like if I am upset in some way and I'm kind of just breathe Aaron. just breathe. I'm really focused on my, my neck <laughs> um, and thinking about, you know, using your lungs, using those muscles. And it, it's actually feels really good when you get that mm-hmm. deep breath. And I'll often catch myself and think, oh my gosh, I have not taken a full deep breath, you know, through the course of many hours. Um, and it feels really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe even working on that a bit with kids too, about just noticing what does it feel like and how big can you puff your chest out and all of that. that that would be a great option for them what is it that you would be a risk or not practicing mindful parenting i think the risk is not knowing all of those sort of as i talked about before all that sort of background noise that um we all know intellectually right the fight i had earlier with someone else is going to then affect present interaction and so potentially you know even in a bigger picture right um not being aware of our unique relationship with our child um and that our child is someone different than we are, um, having a different experience than we have, and kind of just treasuring these unique interactions and possibilities we have. Um, And also not being hard on yourself. Nobody in the world is mindful all the time. Like (laughs) action has its place. Like there's place for all of these things as healthy coping mechanisms. But, But I do think finding those times to sort of tune in gives us that bigger perspective and allows us to really see our kid for who they are, Mm. see our partner for who who they are, um, and just kind of have that kindness with ourselves. It's hard work being a human. And, uh, you know, the more that we are able to sort of notice that and show up and, um, you know, bring this mindful awareness, I feel like we're going to have stronger connections with our kids, stronger connections with our communities, and it's valuable stuff. Exactly. Baby steps. And if you're mindful one minute for one minute of the day, it's it's a success. And tomorrow you're two minutes. Whoa! And some days you're going to be an hour mindful through the whole day. Great. Great for you and your family. Like you said, be kind to yourself. If you were not mindful the whole day that day, it's okay. It's that moment is gone. It's not the present moment is past and moving on. Let's try it again. Completely. And I think that's the gift of, of mindfulness also is just realizing that things are always shifting. Um, things are always changing. And that is, I think, the most valuable thing to remember with young kids, right? As we think this, uh, oh my God, will they ever be potty trained? And, you know, it feels so big. And then, yes, their normal healthy development has kicked in and 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 maybe they needed support. Nothing is is always going to be the same. We're always shifting and changing um, and not getting locked into the moment and thinking in that catastrophic way, right? It's terrible. No, yeah. things are always changing. Yeah. Believe me, your child will not go in diapers to college. It's part of life and it's a stage. Some kids catch it fast and some kids have more accidents and it's okay. Every kid's different. But one of the things our kids can teach us is that even that they look like they're doing the same thing over and over again, they are actually very mindful of everything. 
-hmm. They're in the moment. They really can teach us to be in the moment. More than we are worried about the bills, we're worried about the laundry, we're worried about work, we're worried about when is this COVID going to be finished and things that are worrying us. And that's what's keeping us from being on the moment. And children are just there to be themselves and see what they can get away. How, how far can they push the boundary? <laughs> that's their job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's that can be a really powerful mindful exercise to do with kids is really just that, you know, we talk a lot about the idea of special time, like a, it's a positive discipline concept, but just having a period of time where you let your child fully direct you in play, right? And that can be really powerful in terms of relationship building, but also in terms of getting in touch, as you said, with, with their natural mindful <laughs> ability, right? So just letting it be on their time. And so if you're taking a walk, you're taking a walk and you're looking at every crack in the surface and every snail and uh, every new flower. And, you know, what a gift um, to be able to slow down enough to do that. But I also do say, linking us back to the boredom issue, I think it is really helpful as parents to put a time limit on that oh, in yes. our own minds. Oh, <laughs> yes. No. Oh, yeah. 10, 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, be respectful to your children, also to yourself. If it doesn't mean some parents are like, I have to be mindful the whole day and play with my kid all day long. No. Because you need to teach them how to self be self-sufficient and and be able to entertain themselves as well. That's part of boredom. You know, set a limit of what, for me, crawling on the floor with my kids. 15 minutes, 20 minutes was good enough for me. After that, it was just awful. And I love them. I prefer to read a book and read for three hours. I love that. And read the same book, no problem. But crawling around, you know, pretending to be bears, that was just like, yeah, I will do it because I love you. And I'm going to be here with you and you're going to direct, but only 15 minutes. And it's going to be fun. Just 15 minutes because my niece can take it. <laughs> Yeah, that mutual respect is really important. Yeah, that we deserve respect also, for sure. Thank you, Erin. Anything else you want to add that we haven't covered that you think wisdom you want to share with our listeners? Um, thank you for having me. I, I think I can just say is to not take this stuff too seriously, to treat it with like that self-compassion and humor that, that we were talking about. Um, Buddhism has this term, the monkey mind, which is our natural, anxious, jumping around mind. Um, and I try to, when that kind of pops up for me to just sort of notice it and, and kind of laugh at it a bit, like there it is. Yeah. There's my monkey mind. Um, and I think that's a helpful piece, right. Of just no judgment. It is what it is, but the noticing, right. And if we don't notice it can do damage, but if we're noticing, it can be a really positive thing to just sort of notice and breathe and, and be a human with everything that we are. Yeah. And I love that Erin, that you're saying to remind ourselves to feel and couple it up with not judging yourself. Be compassionate with yourself. Just noticing. Your job is just to notice what's happening in your body. Not your bad, your this, gonna mess up your kids. You're gonna land them on therapy. They're they're gonna hate you. You're not gonna have a relationship. Oh my gosh, we go in this crazy, like you said, the monkey mind. Go from one terrible situation to another one. Be mindful and love yourself. Yes. Yeah. Powerful, powerful stuff. Yeah. Thank you so much, Erin, for being here, taking your time to share your wisdom with us. Please follow Erin. She has she has a lot of wisdom at her website. I do. I have a website. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Parenting Takes a Village. It was wonderful to have Erin talking to us about mindful parenting. What a wonderful topic. Remember, parents, deep breath in, deep breath out. You got this. You got this. You are already brilliant parent. I want to give you exciting news. We have an amazing lecture coming up on May 6th at 7 p.m. by Zoom 
go to our website, register for it. It's free, it's donation-based. And what we do when we have these lectures is fundraise for these scholarships so that parents that cannot attend the co-op system can still attend with a scholarship. And we also have our online action going on right now with great prices. It's going, the action's going to end on May 7. Don't miss out. There's so many amazing prices. We have a cabin. We also have a spa basket. We have amazing art. And we have, imagine having cookies every month, fresh cookies with coffee. An amazing way to pass love. Don't miss out. Come on over. Find out what you can win. Please visit our silent auction. Benefits are scholarship fund. All the money goes to the scholarship funds. This means that parents that cannot participate in the co-op system can benefit and participate with the scholarship. Until next time. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the North Seattle College Parent Education Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Visit our website for more information and be sure to like us on Facebook and Instagram to learn more about our upcoming events. See you next time.